Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year round, including the month of July, which we're officially in. I am Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Can y'all believe it is July? It feels like July outside. I mean, heat-wise, I can believe it, but time-wise, doesn't this year seem like it's going quick? It is insane. It's insane. In, insane. Joanne's has put out all their Halloween stuff. Not That's locally exciting. yet. So, okay. So tonight, Have you been to Joanne's today? Uh, there are Joanne's stores near me. I said, have you been today? No. They just put it all out. But let me, let me tell you. I went to the, I, just before recording, I saw the new Indiana Jones movie. But while I was at the mall, I walked into Bath and Body Works and I was like, look, uh-huh. I went up to the sales associate near the front of the store who young, she must have been in her 20s, 30s, like early 30s, whatever. I was like, look, it's going to be a weird question. When are you putting out the fall stuff? And she looked at me like I had 20 heads. She was like, sir, it is June still. And I was like, yes. But in the past, y'all always put it out right after the 4th of July. So I was wondering if you had a date. And she said, I have no clue. She don't know. She don't know. She don't know. (laughs) So Hannah works at Bath and Body Works also, but she's just like a resetting crew. Mm -hmm. So she does these periodic Sunday nights where she goes and they like, they reset the store. Well, she's got one coming up Sunday and you better believe I'm going to be asking her like, what's your answer? And for that quick question for you, Julia. Yeah. Does she get store discount? I think she still gets a discount. Does Hannah love her avuncular Uncle Anthony who gives her access to all the TV shows? And she, movies? Does. <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> Tell Hannah <laughs> I may be reaching out to her on Instagram. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she gets the discount. It's funny I haven't asked yet. How insane is that? Uh, if she's part-time, it's 30%. But okay. I may have a, a bigger coupon for you, Anthony. Oh. Even better. Even you got better. the inside track. No, I just have a bunch of a bunch of. Coupons. No, I just have a bunch of coupons. But yeah, I saw Indiana Jones tonight, and it was fine. It's fun. It was fun fine. And fine. Fine. I mean, it wasn't the best thing ever, but it wasn't Crystal Skull. I mean, they get progressively. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look that good? Phoebe Waller Bridge. So I'll tell. I'll tell you this, Phoebe Waller Bridge who's the British girl in it. She stars in Fleabag on Hulu. Yep. She would make an excellent Selena Kyle in James Gunn's DC universe. She'd make an excellent Ooh, Okay. I love her. 
her she was giving me all the Catwoman vibes in this movie. And speaking of the DC universe, we have our new Superman and Lois Lane. They were cast we do for Superman. Are, were Legacy. they officially cast? Because I've seen two different articles and they're both they, different. They were officially cast. James Gunn confirmed so, it. David so Corrin Sweat is going to be playing Clark Kent slash Superman. And so much better than her. So much better than our other option. He was in um the politician on Netflix, House of Cards. He was in the fantastic horror movie Pearl, which is a prequel to X. He hmm. was in some HBO miniseries. He's great, and he actually looks okay. like a little younger Henry Cavill as well. He was. He really does. Although, uh, did you see the thing Jerry posted? Oh yeah, about how he looks like it the cheap version of Henry Loops, Cavill. Fruit Loops, and then Harry or henry was below it and then they had like off-brand store bought stuff <laughs> and they had david below that uh, <laughs> he's just younger and smaller it's i don't think it's, it's a bad it's a bad cast they were gonna go with uh who were they who was the rumor was it was gonna be what's his face um nicholas holt yes who got that passed, was, who got he got passed up for batman he got passed up for superman mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. supposedly he's up for lex luther as well okay sure. he could be lex luther valid he, He's too small frame. We're, like we're, yeah. We'll get back to him in a minute. He's too Lex, pointy. We'll get back to Lex Luthor in a minute because there are rumors who else is up for that role, who I like better. But okay. Lois Lane is going to be Rachel Brush, played by Bro- Rachel Brushnahan, who is my first choice, the marvelous okay. Mrs. Maisel. And yep. she has the potential to be the best Lois Lane ever because she exudes that energy. And So this is the first, first uh, Jewish Superman and Lois. Yeah. And is he Jewish too? He is. And it's interesting to right? me. I think so. I but I I it's that. it's fun to me because people online are more excited about her casting than his. Because he's a little more unknown, but people are very excited she got Lois Lane. So. Yeah, that's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's an amazing choice. She is a very powerful actress. Mm-hmm. Now, supposedly Nicholas Holt is up for Lex Luthor, but supposedly so is Alexander Skarsgård and mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård. They're both up for it. Oh I'm gosh, tired of the Skarsgård brothers, y'all. Like, let's let's give somebody else a chance. Well, I tell you, both are fantastic actors. I'd be fine with either of them. But in my dream scenario, if I was James Gunn, I'd be like, let's make Alexander Skarsgård Lex Luthor and Bill Skarsgård the Joker in the new Batman movie. And then you have both brothers playing both supervillains. That's what I would do. Okay. That is a family full of villains. Yes. Although Stellan, the older he gets, the more you're like, well, you're so precious and old and you're so cute. But like... Uh, now, Supposedly, supposedly Alex Skarsgård is not in the top running anymore. Well, Bill Skarsgård, I'm fine with. Yeah. Bill is... Pennywise, right? yeah. Okay. So I've always what, pictured him as the Joker for obvious reasons. Sure. What Lex Luthers have you liked in the past, Anthony? Gene Hackman, Avi. Jonathan Cryer has been the best Lex Luthor. Jonathan Cryer, who is that? When was he Lex Luthor? He was in Supergirl on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bald. And, and Abraham from The Walking Dead is Lex Luthor currently on Superman and Lois on TV, and he's pretty good. I'll bet he is. Okay. I did not buy Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. No. He play, He tried to do the whole tech bro Lex Luthor. Yes. That's not Lex Luthor. 
What about Kevin Spacey? He, where does he rate? He was. I kind of liked him as yeah. Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg was just playing. He was still just playing Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he he was. <laughs> now on my other podcast, you know, DC Unlimited, shameless plug. We're going to be recording next week about the casting news, but we're asking people who they would want to see as Jor-El and Mon Pa Kent. So I'm going to throw that both to you. Who would you like to see in this rebooted version as Superman's adoptive parents and birth father? Um, Diane Lane as Ma Kent was like perfect and nobody else will be Ma Kent. She, for me. she, she was perfect. And I liked Kevin Costner's Pa Kent too. I kind of like to see Henry Cavell playing Jarrell. I think it'd be a fun Ooh, that'd be cool. way to keep the way to that keep that moving, fun. you know? So for Jarrell, I kind of want Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Because Jarrell's supposed to be like younger anyway. They age differently. I you need somebody well, like a good actor with gravitas. And I would say Christian Bale, but he already played Batman and he was in Thor. Oh, yeah. He's not gonna do Superman. So I could see Matthew McConaughey. And for Ma and Pa Kent, I want Laura Linney for Ma Kent. And mm-hmm. Steve Carell as Pa Kent. Silver Fox, Steve Carell, serious, dramatic actor, Steve Carell. I think he could pull it off nowadays. Guy has range. And then Perry White. I'm convinced James Gunn's going to cast Michael Rooker because he casts Michael Rooker in everything. He's a newspaper editor at the Daily Planet, the boss. Gotcha. And Jimmy Olsen, guy from Abbott Elementary, Jacob. As Jimmy Olsen. Oh my gosh. He would be perfect. <laughs> the geeky photographer who yeah. was like oh fanboying over Superman. That's funny. That would be funny. So that's my cast. So listeners, if you're I mean, DC fans, let me know who you would want to see. a lot of thought, but I think Brian Cranston would be a fun Paw Kent. <gasps> All Brian Cranston. I kind of want Brian Cranston as Commissioner Gordon. Or Lex Luthor. <laughs> Oh, man. So, 4th of July is coming up, y'all. Do you guys have any plans? How are you celebrating uh, America's birthday? And you should celebrate it, because we only may ha- we may only have democracy for another year. Wait, if we have Henry Cavell playing... No, we need we need somebody playing Pa Kent to be a good guy. I was going to say Dean Cain. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting one of the old... Like, if Christopher Reeves is still alive, you would have to get Christopher Reeves to play Jor-El. Yeah. Um... We are we are celebrating the birth of my wife for July fourth. Oh yeah, I forgot that was her birthday too. What are you guys doing for it? I don't know. She hasn't decided yet. What are you doing for the fourth, Julia? What are you and the family doing for the fourth? How are you celebrating America's birthday? I don't know yet. Um, I was supposed to check today if there were any plans being made, and I wasn't included on it, which is usually what happens. Because being centrally located typically means people gravitate towards your location. And I find out about this with very little time to prepare. So TBD. I did order two cobblers from my favorite bakery in Tulsa, Antoinette, um, and that I'm so excited about because I love me some cobbler. And um, that's really all I care about at this moment is I'm not working that day and I'm going to have cobbler in my face. Hmm. Super excited. 
And hopefully our neighbors will have spent all the money they usually spend on all the fireworks and illegally set them off behind our house on the golf course. I've just been thinking and looking at at actors, uh, Jeff Bridges and Elizabeth Shue for Elizabeth Jonathan and Martha Shue. Kent. She is that age now. It's hard to believe. I like Elizabeth Shue. I do too. I like Jeff she, Bridges too, but. I always wanted Elizabeth Shue to be my babysitter. babysitter. Me too. Ever since Adventures <laughs> in Babysitting. Uh-huh. She can still babysit me. I'm okay with that. Pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been a while since I called you a pervert on air. I feel better. It now. has been. I know. I'm looking forward to you doing that in person. Here, you're that in person in a few weeks. Yeah, that's I a weird too. thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no plans for the fourth, and it's glorious. I just... Don't you love no plan holidays? They're like the best. It's not even a real holiday. Oh, stop it. It's a real holiday. It's, uh, yeah. Congratulations. We took America. <laughs> we took America from the people who are already here and we're celebrating that. But I, if it's nice, I'm just playing a line by the pool and reading. That's all I need. No, this one isn't celebrating. This one's celebrating fighting the British. The British oh, yeah. are the ones who took it away from the originally. That's true. So we're I the good British ancestors. Well, no, our British ancestors still suck too. Whatever, we're the less evil British ancestors. <laughs> you know about Andrew. You know about Andrew Jackson, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, we're not the we're not the good uh, ones. Odd odd choice for uh, the former president to have his picture hanging in the Oval Office. I mean, par for the course, but still an odd choice for any president to put that picture in the Oval Office. Oh man, Fourth of July. Uh, which means Christmas in July is coming up, and I have an idea what we should do for that. Actually, Matt Yurick gave us this idea. Our good friend Matt Yurick gave us this idea on Facebook a few weeks ago. He thinks we should do a script reading of Elf or another Christmas movie, cast it with a bunch of our friends and us, and record an episode. And I think that'd be a fun thing to do. That'd be fun. Okay. And it's very clear who each of us would play. Who would I play? buddy julie would be jovi and i'd be walter i mean come on mm-hmm. right i think you should be mr greenville <laughs> the question is do we cast santa matt as santa because he does not like ed asner's santa well we give him an opportunity to put his spin on santa yeah that's true we don't need to do it exactly Mm-mm. He should be Peter Peter Dinklage. No, Ron's got to be Peter Dinklage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is what we should do. We should just try to coordinate that. I can't I, believe it's July. I can't believe it's July either. And I can't believe, you know, one of us has to coordinate that. I would ask, you know, which of us is the boss here to coordinate that. But I think we all know the answer. I'll do it. It's the New Yorker, for sure. And that was my awkward segue into what we're covering tonight. Tonight we're it covering worked. It worked. the uh, 80s sitcom, Who's the Boss? There's a time for love 
For those who don't know, Who's the Boss is about a widower and former pro baseball player, Tony Maselli, who takes a job as a housekeeper for a high-powered divorced businesswoman, Angela Bauer, and her son. He and his daughter, Samantha, move into the Bauer residence, where Tony's laid-back personality conflicts with Angela's type A behavior. So, histories with Who's the Boss, Julia. Um, I think I would catch this probably on Nick at night. Cause I asked my parents if they watched it and my dad said no. And mom said, I think so, which probably means no. So I think I've caught episodes here and there um, just in reruns and syndication and was never a staple in our house, though I'm familiar with the storyline. Um, and it was a blast of nostalgia walk like watching it, not for the show itself, but for the era it was set in, which was fun. Um, and it's fine. I did watch this as a kid. My family watched it, and it was fine. There were there was some acting that was not as good as I remembered as a kid, but you know, it was fun to watch. I felt it felt nostalgic. I liked one of the episodes a lot more than the other. You mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, I watched this all the time growing up uh, between Nick at Night and ABC Family used to show a lot of these shows like in the mid-afternoon, mm-hmm. like right after school. Um, and Who's the Boss for a while. Got a lot of airtime. So I think I've seen most of the show. But yeah, I always liked it. I always liked the fun concept, the male housekeeper moving in with the female boss. Yeah, I mean, plus Alyssa Milano, who, I mean, I was a young boy in the 90s of course i had a crush on Alyssa milano and it's fun seeing her beginnings here mm-hmm. marty mentioned that when i when he asked what we were covering he was like oh i had such a crush on her growing up and i was like who thinking <laughs> judith light no idea why probably Mona. because if i would have watched this right i would have had a crush on tony danza right so massive age separate right but he was like Alyssa Milano, obviously. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that probably makes more sense. <laughs> but he first fell in love with her um, in, was it Commando? She was the kid in Commando, right? One of those yeah, Arnold, mm-hmm. whichever one it was. Yeah. It was like, that's where I first saw Alyssa Milano. I'm like, that makes sense. I fell in love with her here. And then I grew, I started watching Charmed. Where she oh, was yeah. one of the witch sisters and she was the yeah. fun loving more uh quote unquote wild of the three and i really fell in love with her there during like my preteen years <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i liked it and revisiting these episodes today was like a blast from the past it was uh-huh. a hit of nostalgia it was definitely more over the top than i remembered like the acting specifically especially mm-hmm. tony danza but I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like hate my time watching it or anything. It was, it was fine. It was, no, it was fine. We, uh, so let's run through the cast. Tony Maselli is played by Tony Danza. Hold me close, young Tony Danza, as Phoebe <laughs> Buffet would sing. He got his start on Taxi. 
and then moved to Who's the Boss, for which he was nominated for Emmys and four Golden Globes. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. In 98, Tony Danza won the People's Choice Award for Favorite Male Performer in his sitcom, The Tony Danza Show. He had and a show? He yeah. had a show. Not to be confused with his daytime variety talk show in the early 2000s called The Tony Danza Show. And he has also starred in films such as Hollywood Nights, Going Ape, Angels in the Outfield, Crash, and Don John. I loved him in Angels in the Outfield. Me too. I loved everything in Angels in the Outfield. I like him yeah. in ge- I like him in general. He seems like a decent enough human being from everything I've seen of him. Um, plus, you know, typical Italian New Yorker. I feel a kindred bond with this guy. Sure. I know Tom uh, is grateful to him for a plethora of Family Guy jokes on his behalf. You know they they had some good they had some good Family Guy episodes and references to this, including an episode where they. Uh, did a drawing for what the neighborhood parade was going to be themed. And uh, I remember that as a, <laughs> as a theme, this is from season one as a theme, Peter put in there, the, the, the who's the boss episode when Tony walked in on Angela in the shower. <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> so all, all the floats were themed to that. And one of them is like, Oh, this one's a mess. That's not Angela. That is Mona. But I like the way they moved. They use tree bark on her back to show age spots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is also a classic episode of who's the boss where he walked in on her in the shower that's like one of the first ones one of the first is... episodes yeah oh wow just like one of the first episodes of the nanny was her walking on him in the shower too so um so judith light plays angela bauer his boss slash love interest as the series goes on mm-hmm. So she made her Broadway de- debut in A Doll's House. Her breakthrough role in the a- was in the ABC soap opera One Life to Live. Um, she starred in Who's the Boss. She's been starred in Law and Order Special Victims Unit. She starred in Ugly Betty. She starred in the remake of Dallas. She starred in Transparent for Amazon, which she received several Golden Globes, Primetime mm-hmm. Emmys, and Critics' Choice Awards. She starred in American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. And only a few years ago, she was awarded a star in the Hollywood Rock of Fame. So, Golly, only in the last few years? Yep. So I like her. I like a lot of her recent work, like American Crime Story and Transparent. Um, she definitely grew out of the soap opera, over-the-top broad comedy she did earlier in her career. So... Alyssa Milano, Be Still My Heart, plays Samantha Maselli, uh, Tony's teenage daughter, or preteen daughter, I don't even know, uh, at this age, probably preteen. Okay, Be Still My Heart, preteen. Uh, okay, you know what I meant for the actress now. <laughs> so she got her start on TV as Who's the Boss. She played Jennifer Mancini in Melrose Place, Phoebe Halliwell in Charmed, Billy Cunningham in My Name is Earl, Savannah in Mistresses. She played Renata Murphy in Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later, and Coraline Armstrong in Insatiable. And nowadays, she spends a lot of her time as an activist, political activist. She does a lot of activism. 
Um, Did everybody that was uncharmed turn into that role? What role? A political activist. Isn't Rose McGowan a political Uh, activist? I mean, mean, yeah, she does like, she's what, climate change and women's rights? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she, I think she was kind of forced into it with the Me Too movement. Like, she unwittingly became, well, not unwittingly, but it took coaxing to get her to come forward about the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Right. Um, Wait, do I have the wrong show? No, Charmed was one with the witches. Was Shannon Doherty always a witch? She was the original one. Then, the when, one. then when she got killed off, it brought in Paige as their stepsister. Gotcha. Okay. I was looking at the cover and I'm like, maybe I have the wrong three sister witch show. <laughs> I don't. The power of three will set you free. Will set us free. That's what they always say. Um, I mean, we talked enough about Ellis Milano in the opening here, but mm-hmm. you know, we all knew her. Danny Pintaro plays Jonathan Bauer, Angela's son, who had very, very, very little to do in these two episodes. If he had like three lines between these two episodes, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he starred in Who's the Boss, obviously, and the 1983 horror film Cujo. Oh, he was the kid. Oh my gosh. This guy, <laughs> in ni- he's had a rough life. In 97, the National Enquirer tabloid outed him as gay. Um, <gasps> in 2015, he was diagnosed with HIV positive or revealed to be HIV positive, uh, which he got back in 2003. And uh, he had been addicted to meth. Oh, so hey. he sadly was one of those child stars who had a lot of issues later in life. Um, he hasn't been on much, obviously, in recent years. He was played himself in the TV Child Stars edition of The Weakest Link back in 2001. <laughs> he was had a guest role in The Secret Life of the American Teenager. <laughs> He was himself in Oprah, Where Are They Now, back in 2015. Last year, though, he was in A Country Christmas Harmony as a character named Eugene. So you may see him one of these days. Might come back up here. Okay. And now my favorite character in this show, by far, I don't know how y'all feel about it, is Mona Robinson, Angela's mother, as portrayed by Catherine Helmond, who we did cover before she plays Deborah's mom and everybody loves Raymond and she was in those Christmas she episodes. Oh, we sure did. Um, but I love Catherine Hellman in everything from this show, Coach, Everybody Loves Raymond. She was in, you know, Family Pot from Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Uh she was in Gary Marshall's Overboard. She's fantastic. Love that movie so much. Overboard, and, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. And we sadly lost her back in 2019. But she's fantastic. And I loved her role on the show too. The sassy mom to Angela. Up Angela, uptight Angela. And she was always an ardent supporter of Tony from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we saw that in the first episode we covered tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's jump right in. So the first episode we are covering is called The Christmas Card. This aired during season three, 
on December 16th, 1986, and it was the 11th episode of that season. So, well, first of all, we have a guest star on this episode we covered before. Uh, Calabar from Halloween Town, our villain from Halloween Town, plays Angela's serious boyfriend in this episode. Plays our villain in this episode. Okay, I needed some background on this. I was like, why does Tony Danza hate him so much? Or what? whatever his name is. Okay, so him, her and Jeffrey are dating. Yep. And Tony's oh, and in love with it, her. Has he been around quite some time? I would assume this, so. Like, because they, long? they like get engaged at some point for a while. From what okay. I was reading. But I do not remember him at all. Okay. All right. Thank but you. Yeah. Sorry. But no. Angela had a Angela was seeking other suitors because she and Tony were the will they won't they thing happening. Right. Will they won't they? Of course. Yeah. So the family's getting ready for Christmas. Angela is dating Jeffrey, who's this like richy rich gentleman who and nobody likes him, right? Nobody likes him. Tony okay. doesn't. Mom Kids don't. Mona Mom doesn't. doesn't. Uh, but Angela is totally enamored by him. And she's actually going to be spending Christmas with his family. And <laughs> Tony and his daughter and Mona aren't invited, apparently. His mom's already hired the help. Yeah, because Angela suggests, like, oh, why don't you bring your family here? And we can have it here. Because Tony makes a big ham and a big old Christmas dinner. And uh, he said, oh, mom's already hired the catering. She's like, okay. The help. The no, help. He, she mm. says help. Because Tony's like, oh, yes. The help. Where he, <laughs> you see this inner conflict where he sees himself as part of the family. But here, because he's not included, his daughter's not included, Angela's mother, for whatever reason, is not included, he's, he feels yeah. like he's not part of the family. Did I miss a line of dialogue? Was Mona included? And she just decided not to go? Because Mona's like, oh, I'm going to stay here and have goose with tony and sam which i loved i don't remember if she was explicitly invited or not it was weird yeah it was the the whole are we supposed to get the sense that richie rich jeffrey is that the kids are thinking like if he marries my mom like they're gonna ship me off to boarding school is it like that kind of unlikable where you're almost like we hate this guy so much how would angela ever have been interested you know how they'll do that in sitcoms and you're like that person would never go for that person yeah i don't think he's like that no i don't either it's more that he's just he's not tony you want her to be a tony and by by the way i hate that trope so much in sitcoms and movies and that's why i loved in mrs dowfire how pierce brosnan was legit in love with those kids and sally field yeah and he's a good guy yeah which Movie trivia yeah. for you. That was not the original script. The original script, he was not going to be a good guy, but they decided to make him a good guy to change it up and be different. Such a good change. Yep. That's such a good change. So Jeffrey is clearly, because of his money, going to do something big for Angela for Christmas. Well, he reveals to Tony his gift for Angela is right here, and he packs his pocket. And for a second, I thought, oh, he's going to propose to her. But no, it just turns out to be earrings. But very expensive earrings, which makes Tony. Yep. I thought at this moment when Tony's worried about money, I'm like, oh, we're going to have a gift of the Magi situation happen here. Uh huh. Quasi Magi for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it was quasi, but I was expecting to be like full blown Magi somewhere. But uh, 
Yeah. And Tony is intimidated because he wants to get Angela something special. And he was knitting her something, which turned out to look awful. And he didn't know he, how to knit. He didn't know how to hit knit. And he feels intimidated by Jeffrey's money. So mm-hmm. earlier in this episode, Mr. Ferguson, who I guess is what is he, a neighbor or something? Um, he wants Tony's baseball card. So Tony was a former professional baseball player, so he had a few baseball cards. And Tony said he only had one, and he gave it away to a man in the hospital who was dying, and the family ended up selling it. Now we find out this is a lie. He just so, so he could so he could go to Paris. So he could go to Paris. And uh, we find out this is a lie. Tony just has it upstairs. He wants to keep it in the family so he can show he doesn't his grandkids want, one day. He doesn't want Richie Rich to, to buy it. Yep. And I uh, like the scene afterwards where Sam's like, you didn't sell your card. And he's like, no, I didn't. None of that, none of that story was real. She's like, okay, well, next time you tell it, ditch Paris, have the guy die. And they decide that in the next telling, he should be buried with Tony's baseball card. <laughs> right away you can already tell where this is going he's gonna end up selling the baseball card but we're not there yet because while tony has this dilemma angela has a dilemma of her own and what is that julia angela's dilemma she can't find the perfect gift for tony tony i really want to call him oh my gosh it's tony in the show and it's tony in real life i want to keep wanting to call him tony danza <laughs> But his name is still Tony. Okay, I'm glad I connected. You're you're that. good. Just go with the first name. You're good. That's it. Just leave it at that. Um, yeah, like she can't find the perfect thing for him, right? Like what? On like what do you get the guy that has everything? You know, and she cares well, for him, and you get that sense that she cares well, for him. She wants it to be special. Well, I like that conversation she has with Mona. She's like, you know, what do you get him? Because we have, we're kind of this, but not kind of that. And mm-hmm. and Mona's like, she goes on for like 30, good 30 seconds trying to describe the relationship. And Mona's like, yeah, why don't you go to the store and tell them you're looking for a gift to sum up that. And <laughs> I do like when they come home from the store. Mona goes shopping with her. When like... Mona, Mona was very thoughtful and she got her own <laughs> gift. So that Angela wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, how did you get your own gift mother oh i just put it on your charge card <laughs> you were really very generous have, <laughs> really shouldn't have done something so extravagant <laughs> that's you. right well i don't, I want it to be a surprise <laughs> i love it so much um but of course angela heard tony tell mr ferguson the story about his baseball card so she's like i will purchase his baseball card back yep so she goes to a pawn shop, a collector shop with Mona, mm-hmm. and tries haggling with the guy. Well, the guy haggles with her, and Mona's like, she's eager. Yeah, she's <laughs> eager, and Mona tries to pull her back, but uh, she ends up paying, what, 150 200 bucks for the card? 250 something for it. 250 250 yeah. was the figure. So interesting he ends up question. paying Tony like 200 right? Because he doesn't have the card in his possession. Do pawn shops do that? Like, I'll go find this thing. I thought it was just you walk in, you see something you want, and you buy it. Ah, well, he's a he's a collector, oh. a sports memorabilia collector. So I think they'll say, "Tell me." Th- yeah, I don't know that they would set a price before knowing how they'd get a hold of it or not, though. Yeah, it seems risky, right? It seems, it seems really very risky. <laughs> like, okay, I thought it was a pawn she- shop. Sorry. 
But she was desperate. She was like, oh, yeah, it's a Christmas gift. Oh, you need it for Christmas. Like, you... Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I and love, I love Mona the whole time is like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> she ends up going up with, I forget what she's purchasing. <laughs> a poster. Of a poster. <laughs> and the guy's like, you 20, 20 bucks. And she's oh, like, it's well, very me... rare. Very rare. It's $25. <laughs> And she's like, I'll give you five. And he's like, done. <laughs> I don't want to be a pedant, but she did say six. It was six dollars. Okay. Pedant. Every time starts Tom starts out, I don't want to be a pedant or a pedantic. Just no listeners, he's going to be. <laughs> I don't know. I remember I remember everything about both of these episodes, and that's not usually the case. And I watched them several days ago, but as I remember every detail about this for some reason of course christmas morning comes and i mean jeffrey got tony a robot a little robot to help with the chores around the house (laughs) um so cute it is really cute it's it's every 90s sitcom robot you've ever seen it is it looks so much like alfie what happens at christmas morning Sam goes to give Angela the Tiffany's box from Richie Rich. And Tony's like, uh, no, that's actually from me. She opens it and uh, it's a Tiffany vase for some reason. Which is funny because I'm the nanny. Mr. Sheffield's got friend of vase for Christmas. I remember vases being a big deal. Like Crystal in general was like a big dang deal. It mm-hmm. does not hold water. I mean, it does hold water, but they the idea of getting a vase does not hold water nowadays. But yes, he gets her a, a vase. If somebody says a vase and he goes, it's a vase. You can find those things all day long at estate sales now for next to nothing. Yeah. And Angela gives Tony his baseball card. And Tony's this over the just moon. just like my baseball card. This looks like the one I gave away. I sold, even with the little, the little bed in the corner. <laughs> this is my card, and he realizes what she did, and then she realizes what he did, mm-hmm. and they have this very sweet unspoken moment. Mm-hmm. That Jeffrey finally interrupts. Like, uh, should we go? Should we go to my parents' house? <laughs> total. Like, I gotta get her out of here. They're about, they're about to make out. <laughs> And uh, they leave, and then we get a little, you know, kind of like this little scene that plays over the credits. Tony's it's later that night. Kids are in bed. Tony's in the kitchen. A- Angela didn't like any of the food at well, his it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't good. So Tony heats her up his Christmas everything leftover. He's so excited too. This is my favorite scene in the whole episode. I like this one hundred percent. Yeah, and he like he's so proud of this turkey. And like all this, and, he, and that's, she even's like, "Is there any cranberry sauce?" And he had it on the counter. And that's a uh, run a running thing throughout the show. He's a good cook, Italians, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's so excited because he's gonna sit and eat with her too. So yes, he serves himself some as well. Yep. Even though doesn't he pull that? I'm so full. But then he ends it's, up like having a it's little Christmas. Room. It's but that's it what also we- reminded me of. Okay, that, we probably talked That's about this before. Do. I was about to say, do yeah. you, either of y'all Thanksgiving or Christmas heat up leftovers later that night? Oh yeah. Well, of sure. course you do. You eat yeah. at two o'clock in the afternoon. You have to. Of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll the have whole, it for the whole family the next does. morning as well. 
Oh, me too. Me yep. Too. That was always back uh, when Black Friday was a bigger thing before, you know, COVID and then malls just started being like, you know, we're going to be nice and not be open all night for employees. I used to take a nap, wake up at like 2 a.m., heat myself up a nice little turkey Thanksgiving <laughs> sandwich and uh, go out to the mall. Get to shopping. Yeah, we did for Leon Day. We did a big Christmas dinner. That's so cool. It was fun. So yeah, that was this episode. What did you all think of this one? I liked it. I like this one. I like this one the best out of the two. Me too. Me too. I love their house. I really do. The I... big stone fireplace and like the kind it's of like Christmasy. Yeah. And the homemade. cozy kitchen. I think they're mm-hmm. somewhere in Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken. I... Is it Connecticut? I think so. So I was thinking like, okay, I like this. It was fun. I don't know how much I'd like it if I didn't grow up in the 80s and I didn't have the nostalgia factor. But it just felt so much like my childhood while I was watching it. Yeah. I don't know why the second episode's Christmas like actual Christmas festivities of the presenting of the presents, like all that stuff felt more real to me, to my kid like experience. But this one was pretty close too. Hmm. Well, we'll get you to the like the next one because of the awful soteriology. It's a whole thing, isn't it? The collect, the collective sigh and eye roll. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole episode. So what did this one have a line this moment? Um, no. Nobody had a change of heart. There was no change of heart. The what what, what the the emotional moment was when they real they're realizing they love each other. Yeah, they love each other. Yeah, it didn't feel tied to Christmas because isn't every episode sort of like that? Yeah, every every episode yeah, there's always right. that yeah. flirty moment. Yeah, yeah. Christmas isn't. It would have been prerequisite. a Linus moment. It would have been more Linusy if he had not gotten her an expensive present and she would have been like, oh, I value that. Even then, it's not. I don't know. I thought, I really thought him learning to knit and making her the whatever he was knitting would have been a lot better story. Yeah, I would have preferred that, I think. But it just comes back to money being the. Well, and that that's a driver throughout the whole show like she they are an upper class family while he is more middle lower class i mean their house mona doesn't live in the house with them they have she has a guest house in the back so they are like wealthy so yeah so what do you all rank this one then i'll give it a six i'll come in at a seven I'll give it a 6.5. Make it easy. That gives an average of 6.5. So our next episode aired in season five. It's episode eight, and it's called A Spirited Christmas. It is the second and final Christmas episode of the ABC sitcom Who's the Boss? Ugh. So, Tom, why don't you (laughs) start walking us through this one? And I know you just sighed, but you said you remember it. Both these episodes in great detail, even though you watched them a few days ago. I do. I'm going to pull up the cast, though, because we have guests playing Mona's estranged brother is Gordon Jump playing Archie. Gordon Jump is known for uh, 
he was in most of the episodes of the original WKRP in Cincinnati. He was oh. on the TV show. He was on a few episodes of Get Smart. He was on Soap. And then he had a lot of one-off roles on TV shows uh, where he would just do a couple. Um, he was on 11 episodes of Growing Pains. He was on the new WKRP in Cincinnati in the 90s. There was a new hmm. one? Yep. It ran from 91 to 93. Hmm. And this is the only appearance he makes at all on this show. So he's a one and done. Uh, so we have Laura, who is Archie's dead wife, played by Christina Pickles. And she died, it said, two years ago. Is that right? I mean, she's been waiting in line for a long time. She's been waiting in line for two years. Mm-hmm. She. We don't need to go into her because we covered her, right? She played Judy Geller. Love it. On the Friends. Judy Geller. And so then good. I Am Hobson played St. Peter. Uh, there's not a lot he's known for. He was in Bram Stoker's Dracula as a small character, the Hudsucker proxy. He played an ancillary character in Annie. I got the sense we were supposed to really like see this as a holy crap. They got him to play that, right? Like, I don't. Is there something he was in that would have made him a face that people, the edge of night? Like, I don't even know what that is. He doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Oh, he was the butler in Hello Again. We've talked about how much I love that movie. (laughs) So in this, we open up at the pearly gates. St. Peter's sitting there on his computer. Bunch of dudes in line. Laura gets tired of waiting and she goes up and she said, I've been waiting in line for two years. I'd like to know what's going on. <laughs> There's a joke there about uh, how everyone oh. online knows her. Oh. Everyone knows Mona, right? Yeah, they know Mona. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Got yeah. It. They make, she makes it. So she, she talks about wanting to get in. Comes to find out that because of her hu- her husband and his sister's estrangement over her, she's on the border and she has to do something good to earn her way into heaven. So she has to earn her wings. Be. That's what they keep saying. Her angel wings, which I know Tom hates, but yeah, I hate the, I hate the whole concept of merit based redemption uh, salvation. Anyway, I won't get into you know that. what I hate. How we have a whole episode where somebody has to earn their wings, like it's a wonderful life, and they don't make uh, every time a bell rings joke at the end. <laughs> so that is true. That was a that was a missed opportunity. So he says, "Okay, you got to go down and do something good. You've got to." you know, somehow fix what you broke. Come to find out, they mentioned that Mona Robinson was the sister-in-law that had problems. All the men are like, ooh, I knew her. Ooh. <laughs> Peter looks at them and they stop their, their, you know, just shy of cat calls. And that's a very, that's a running gag about the show. Mona is very man crazy. Mm-hmm. She's a Blanche Dubois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's less obnoxious than Blanche. Yeah, I don't I lo- find her obnoxious at all. Yeah, I was never a Blanche fan on Golden Girls. I love Mona. It is an odd, it is an odd, um, it's funny that she comes across as, I don't know, she doesn't come across as thirsty to me in the same way that Blanche does, right? Blanche is like, like I don't feel like Mona just like simps along. I don't. Yeah, Mona has more to her character. Yeah. Yeah. Which I sure. like that. Yeah. These two episodes. So to get this ball rolling, 
Laura does a call to Angela's house, pretending to be Archie, talks to Tony about making amends, wants Mona and the whole family to come to Maine. And we hear this, oh, like the heavens opening up and Tony just starts talking and he agrees to do this. And then immediately after he's like, who, who was that talking? So they all pack up and they go to Maine. Yeah, right. They just go with it. You know, there's no argument or anything. no question. Nobody questions it. Nobody's like, "Why are we doing this?" No, we're good. They get to Maine. They get to the house. Mona just opens the door. Says she used to live here. This used to be her house. Let them know if she finds anything. Let her know if they find anything valuable. And then Archie comes in, and we immediately have a fight between Mona and Archie because well, no, Archie he says, doesn't come. He I doesn't come you. in. He doesn't come in right after Mona says, oh, it's fine. It's her house, too. Angela opens the back door and he's standing there with an axe like he's a serial killer about to chop right. into pieces. <laughs> yeah. And so he then comes in and they have an argument because he didn't call her. And through this episode, they slowly start to come back together. Right. He well, calls her Moni. She calls him right. Jug- Jarhead. Jughead. 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 <laughs> Which for some reason is fun. They find they're getting along. He finds an ornament that he made as a kid. Mona's like, oh, where's mine? Come to find out Laura broke it. And so they're fighting again. And Mona's like, she's leaving the next morning with or without the rest of her family. She's they're gonna leave the next morning. In this fight, it comes up that she didn't go to his wedding. Was invited. She wasn't invited. From her per- from her perspective, she wasn't invited. From his perspective, right. she didn't show up. Right. We don't know why this is happening. He says he sent her a letter. She doesn't believe him. We um, all go to sleep, and we're left with Peter and Laura talking. And Laura's like, yeah, that letter may have been my fault. I feel kind of bad, blah, blah, blah. And Peter's like, okay, you were in this. And then there's the letter that Archie had written, and he gives it to her. And she's like, okay, I've got to hide it. She hides it and appears to Tony in a dream. Well, th- it's funny because they said she has to work through a good-hearted, kind soul who everyone loves. So they choose Tony. They choose Tony, which I, which I like because that's what he is yeah, throughout like the that. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she appears to him in a dream. He's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, he's, he's like, no, 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 no. It's not a dream because he's like, is this a dream? Because I gotta tell you, lady. Not you're normally not the type of per- girl like you're not my of. type. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to go back to sleep. She ends up telling him. Peter comes. They talk about the letter, how he's got to find it and return it to them to bring them back together. And Laura and Peter leave. Tony wakes up. They're getting ready to go the next morning. And we hear the oh and the light on Tony again. And he goes and starts looking in the grandfather <laughs> clock. Well, no, he doesn't just go and look. He's like, oh, he hey, it. that's a beautiful clock. And just like goes over there like he's under. His and he's, he does. Yeah, he's like, he's in a trance. And he opens up the inside to look at it. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. Tries to walk away. And, and there's like a, like in the old vaudeville shows where the, the hook comes out and pulls you back. It was like that. Mm-hmm. He, he, he did some physical comedy where he jerked himself back. And he sees the letter behind the grandfather clock. He opens it up. Is very excited. Um, and reads it, shows it to Mona. Mona accuses her brother of just writing it. He accuses her of holding on to it for all these years and just pulling it out now. But as they talk, they realize that they do still love each other. They are still siblings. They hug, and everybody's happy again. 
Yeah, that's pretty Merry much Christmas. it. Merry there, Christmas. There were some funny moments, like, for example, when they're decorating the house for Christmas, Mona's brother's house, and uh, they're not talking. Angela and Tony begin singing, uh, completely off-tune, annoying them, and they've got to keep singing until, uh, you know. But they're like, of course, leave it to Angela to know all the lyrics, and I'm like... There are people who don't know all the lyrics, but then Jonathan starts singing them too. It's like a jab at this like perfect family. They're singing all the Christmas lyrics. Which what song were they singing again? Well, it doesn't matter. They sing a they sing a well-known Christmas song. Oh well, no, we did not talk about the ending of this episode, which this has happened before in episodes we've covered. We've talked about how it's oh, a, right. we, a very, very weird trope that a lot of sitcoms back in the day did. They're all the gathered nanny. around. Huh? The nanny did it. The nanny did it. I love Lucy did it. Bunch of shows did it. They're gathered around the Christmas tree, Christmas morning. And Santa comes down the stairs in a Santa suit. And it's clearly that actor who's playing Mona's brother, you know, he says, Merry Christmas. He has to go. His sleigh's double parked. He hurries out the door and they're laughing and joking. And then two seconds later, Mona's brother comes in a different door and we find, and we're like, oh, that was a real Santa. And they all sit around like with their wide eyes, like have a moment of realization. And Angela and Tony both take the eggnog offered to them because, oh, we need a stiff drink after we just realized Santa's was really here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a weird trope. It's a weird trope. I don't know why this was so popular in sitcoms back in the day. It was Jingle Bells. Oh, it was Jingle Sam- Bells. <laughs> Sam makes a big deal about Angela knowing all the lyrics to Jingle Bells. So this one felt so much more forced to me, and I was less, I was a lot less interested and invested in this one. Yeah, I didn't really love this one. And I don't like... But like the whole point, they almost diffuse to themselves. So we've got this girl who can't get into heaven because she's not done like a kind hearted thing. Right. She's got this. And then she sure she materializes the letter out of nowhere. And that's what gets her her wings. Even though they stage a lie that doesn't reflect what actually happened where she kept it from being mailed right and gets it to the husband or the brother that's what i didn't like about it it's like it's the whole reconciliation is predicated on right shouldn't she have fessed up shouldn't that have been the reconciliation oh it hasn't been lost for this long like i legitimately held it back and i didn't like that i was like she didn't have any accountability after all she just had to feel sort of bad about what she did I like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Although I don't know how they would convey that. Like, how would Tony know that, even if she came to him in a dream? Like, because well, I don't know either. I think the whole episode was a miss, but I do too. And again, despite the fact that *It's a Wonderful Life* is not a Christmas movie, it's a movie set at Christmas. So many sitcoms have done the whole *It's a Wonderful Life* Christmas episode, which this clearly was. At least in the sense of an angel trying to earn their wings. Everyone, every every you know sitcom has their own spin on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It seemed like an over the top pantomime play you would see in England, and yeah. uh, you know I, I I don't I don't get it because this is a this is a good cast and a good heartwarming family show. And considering we only have two Christmas episodes, it's weird. One of them is this when they could have done 
something more heartfelt, I guess. Yeah. Just with the family. Yep. Did it, it technically had a Linus moment? I it guess. did. Family matters. We should forgive each other. Love. Mm-hmm. What would you rank this one? Two. Three. I'll go 2.5. And make it easy. <laughs> so that gives us an average of 2.5. So those were the Who's the Boss Christmas episodes. Um, Stacey McKenzie, who we haven't heard from in a while, in a while, did write on Facebook, whenever I hear the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town, I hear Liz Milano singing it at the kitchen table on Who's the Boss. And, uh, that was cute. That was cute. It was a Bruce Springsteen version. Like, she starts singing out, you better watch out, but then she starts rocking out, and it was a very cute scene. Mm-hmm. Thanks for chiming in, Stacey. Yeah, thank you, Stacey. I want to know what listeners think of these two episodes and who's the boss in general, because uh, the post on Instagram and Facebook got a lot of likes. So I think we have a lot of who's the boss fans. So I want to know uh, what they think of these two episodes in general. So where can they do that? They can go to Linktree slash to the podcast to find links to all of our socials. The closer we get to Christmas, the more active these will get. And if you want the most active place, check out our Facebook group. Um, you can also find a link to our Patreon site there, which is stuff that we don't publish in the main feed first. Um, it hits well, some of the content goes to Patreon and stays in Patreon, um, but it's above and beyond um, content. So this is going to be a bunch of really amazing Halloween content coming out um, that Anthony has been doing with lots of friends um, that maybe doesn't fit in our main feed, but absolutely should be heard. So check out Patreon for a minimum of a dollar a month. You get access to all of that content. um, And the more you give, the more cool perks you get. So check that out as well. And there will be not just Halloween, but Thanksgiving and Christmas content as well. And speaking of which, we say this every year, but now that July is around the corner, we really should record some Thanksgiving stuff soon. Seems like a great idea. We should definitely talk about that. We should. Maybe in maybe we should do it in August after Tom gets back from New York. Sounds like a great idea. Since we have a Christmas in July episode to get done before that. So next week, we are covering Christmas Story. 2008's Christmas Story. Free to watch on Voodoo for all of y'all. Um, Matt Spaulding, Santa Matt from Earth Pole Radio recommended this one to us, said it's a good Santa origin story, so we'll see. It's been a while since we traveled to the North Pole and dealt with Santa, so excited to get some Santa Claus action on the list next week. And the week after that, we're covering the Peacock original movie The Real Housewives at the North Pole, which I have no idea what it's about. I just know it stars... Um, Lindsay Wallace. Well, that's not her real name. That's her name on in the Halloween franchise. I forget the actress's name. Who's one of the housewives of New Jersey or something. But yeah, I know her from the Halloween franchise. So cool stuff coming up. Including the fact that we only have 4,200 hours until Christmas. That's 175 days. 34 weeks. You're way off, my friend. I mean, 24 weeks. 24 weeks. <laughs> Where it's technically 25. Okay, 25 <laughs> weeks. You didn't listen to our, the episode me and Julia did without you, did you? Because you didn't comment You didn't comment on the end. I haven't listened to any podcasts in so long. Well, just know <laughs> I did a great imitation of you when we did our countdown. Quite good. Quite good. <laughs> 
<laughs> made me I, laugh I, when I, I was editing. I hate <laughs> you, Milkman Dan. <laughs> Do your homework, y'all. Watch Christmas Story. It's available to watch for free on Vudu, whether or not you have a Vudu account. It's one of the free streaming ones. And uh, we'll talk well, to you next week. It's gotta be good. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. It's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time it is? You guys all been good and practicing real hard, yeah. Clients, you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now. So Santa, bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good or what? Oh, that's not many, not many. You guys are in trouble out here. <laughs> and you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list, he's checking it twice He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice Santa Claus is coming to town